0: I wrote 10,000 songs, I wrote 10,000 crappy songs, yeah. I wrote 10,000 crappy songs, but now I'm a detective, yeah. 10,000 Crappy Songs, Episode 5, 18. I didn't know where to start. Unless I told the cops what I knew about Hal Shu, they wouldn't have any better luck finding Una than me. But I didn't want to tell the cops what I knew about Hal Shu. That left it up to me. I didn't know much about Una, like where she went to school, or where she liked to hang out. All I knew was what she let me see, which wasn't very much. What had Hal Shu said? Probably the Chinese had kidnapped her, some offshoot, anti-government group, angry that Hal Shu had been negotiating with the Chinese government to use Chinese airspace. Armed with that, I went to the place where I was sure to find some Chinese. I went to Chinatown. Nineteen. I found some Chinese, all right. I found some mandarin duck over rice. I found some crispy noodles with tangy red sauce. I found some chicken fried rice and some sub gum chop suey and some sweet and sour wonton soup. I found some jasmine spice tea and I found some fortune cookies. My fortune said this, you are kind to everyone you meet. Nice to hear, but not really a fortune. A fortune is you will come into money or beware a dark woman wearing purse." Mine was more like a personality trait than a fortune. But what are you gonna do? Can they police this sort of thing? Are we likely to have some governmental committee ensuring that fortune cookies contain real fortunes? Not in this economy, we're not. As I sat and ate, as they brought dish after dish, I tried to eavesdrop in the conversations around me. Any of the relevant ones, though, seemed to be in Chinese. I needed a Chinese assistant, someone to translate for me. But who could I trust? Who could I take into my confidence? If I asked the wrong person, it could really twist things up. It might even bring harm to myself. In an extreme instance, it could cost me my life. So, I had to rely on my own observations, on my wits. I left my restaurant and went outside. I took a little walk through Chinatown. Toy shops, Hello Kitty, car seat covers, kiosks where they cut you new keys. I had but one key for my office. This was an opportunity and maybe I'd learn something. They cut me a new key. Took about one minute and cost me $3. Looked like a swell key. I had to take a risk or else continue to flounder. When the guy handed me my key, I said, Know of any splinter groups operating around here that are opposed to the Chinese government? I don't know if the guy was stonewalling me or didn't understand a word, but he just shrugged. How did I know he himself wasn't part of the splinter group? I must have been crazy to put myself in harm's way like that. I walked some more. After about 45 minutes, I felt like I hadn't eaten at all. It's a cliche maybe, but that doesn't mean it's not true. I went into Wancock Kok for a cookie. Wancock Kok was supposed to have the best cookies in town. The bowl of cookies, I guess. To my great surprise, already sitting there, a cookie in front of him, engaged in spirited conversation with the man across from him, was Hal Shu. Clearly, I had stumbled onto something. Hal Shu saw me. He motioned me over. Hello, he said. Sit down. I slid into the booth across from Hal Shu, next to the other man. You like Chinese food? Hal Shu said. Yes, I said. This is Mr. Cook, said Hal Shu, nodding to the man next to me. He owns this place. Hello, I said, turning slightly. First time here? He said. Yes, I said good taste in Chinese food, he said and laughed. I guess that was his humor. Mr. Cox signaled to a waiter and a cookie was brought to me. It was a pretty good cookie. Not necessarily worth the fanfare. Probably not the best cookie in town. I don't necessarily know of a better one off the top of my head. I just can't imagine it's the best cookie in town. We ate our cookies. Hal Shu and Mr. Koch spoke to each other in a language I have no cognates for. I assume it was Chinese. At times I thought that Hal Shu and Mr. Koch were talking about me, but I couldn't be sure. Hal Shu indicated to me that he was ready to move on. I rose with him. Hal Shu and Mr. Cox said what seemed to be goodbyes, and Mr. Cock and I nodded to one another. I left the one cock restaurant with Hal Shu. Anything new to report? he said. I was gonna ask you that, I said. What was that about? What? he said as we jostled along. I like their cookies. What were you talking about when I came in? Hmm? You and one cock. He's not one cock. That's the name of the restaurant. He's Mr. Cock. He's not one cock? No. What were you and Mr. Cock talking about? I don't know. The Dodgers. His cookies, what's the difference? This has nothing to do with Una? No, no, said Hal Shu. Wan Kok has nothing to do with the Chinese splinter group? He's not Wan Kok, so nothing like that. We walked in silence. You got anything? he said. Got any leads? I looked directly ahead of me. Nothing, I said. So Hal Shu was going to stonewall me. I guess it was his right. But still. Why wouldn't he want to help me find his daughter? What did he need to hide from me? And why? I went up to my office. I had to think. Priority one was to find Una. After that, I wanted to try to protect Hal Shu and not divulge his secrets to the police or the government. It was getting complicated. If it was a song, it would have had a bunch of verses, some weird bridges, no chorus. My job was to cleave the gristle. figure out what I needed to keep, and chuck the rest. Find a chorus, tie it all together. What did I do when I was writing songs and got stuck? Hum. I'd just hum until something came to me, walk around, and hum. So that's what I did. Twenty-one. I hummed and walked and walked and hummed. I hummed a lot and walked a lot, but nothing came. I went back up to my office and sat down. I even tried the beanbag chair. Nothing. I sat back at my desk. I pulled out a piece of paper. When I was a songwriter and got stuck, I would just write a song about anything. I couldn't stop myself. I didn't know what else to do to the tune of Frosty the Snowman, more or less. Una is missing, maybe it was the Chinese, and Hal Shu is acting strange, and I don't know what to do. I could have gone on. There just didn't seem to be much more to say about it. I could have gotten one cock in there for a second verse. I could have had a nice bridge about bowling. Verse three could have been a discussion of rice wasn't much of a song. Even I could see that. And I didn't seem to have much of a case. One missing girl, one mysterious man, and a song. All I had to show for it was a song. 22. I kept trying Hal shoe the rest of the day. Nada. I sat back in the chair with my feet on my desk, drumming my fingers on my trousers. I couldn't help it. I started a song to the tune of Hound Dog, more or less. When I come face to face with Hal shoe, I'm gonna wring his neck. He hasn't been completely truthful. That's the feeling that I get. I'm gonna have to track him down, and then he's gonna, gonna, gonna hit the deck. The last line was a mail-in. I'll grant you. I was just trying to pass the time. When I finished the verse, I crumpled it up and threw it in the wastebasket. My job was not to write crappy songs. My job was to detect. Who knew what clues might be passing me by while I was scribbling away? I left the office. It was already dark. I drove home silently. Once home, I had a can of tuna and some cashews. Thereupon, I spent a fitful night trying to sleep. I was at the bowl by 9 in the morning. It would be a few hours before Hal Shue would be getting there. So I got shoes, found a ball, and started abusing lane 7. I wasn't into it. A 127 was followed by an 89. I altered my style with every roll. I changed my starting point, my follow through. I tried starting on the left and hooking it into the pocket from there. I was getting splits. I threw some gutter balls. I tried a few left-handed. I bowled between my legs. Not my bowling day. I was glad I wasn't a pro bowler with a game's count against your average. Of course, it would be nice to be a pro bowler. When you showed up, all you had to do was bowl. Nothing really to figure out. Maybe if the detective thing didn't work out. Just before noon, I picked my way to the cafe and sat down. I ordered some chicken noodle soup and a grilled cheese and tomato sandwich on white toast, pickle on the side, and waited. At some point, I realized my soup and sandwich had been eaten. I looked at the clock. 1.30, and no sign of Hal Shue. The waiter came to clear away my plates. Your friend not here today, he said. Before I could answer, he added, Not yesterday either. Is that unusual, I said. The waiter shrugged. Always here, he said. I paid for my lunch and walked outside. Another hot, sunny day. This town can suck the life out of time itself. I stared at the sky. There was no getting around it. Hal Shue, like his daughter, had disappeared. 23. Okay, I said to myself. Breathe. I walked to my car and got in and sat a while. Come on, I said, think. THINK! I drove downtown. I cruised underneath the Golden Dragons at the entrance to Chinatown. I found a parking spot and walked over to one Kok. One Kok was empty save for one couple near the front. I chose a table and sat down. An old woman slithered over with a glass of ice water and a menu. I think I just want a cookie, I said. She started to slide away. Excuse me, I said. Is one cock here? Who, she said. One cock. Is no one cock. No one is one cock. I mean, I mean Mr. Cock. Is Mr. Cock here? She shook her head. Will he be back later? She shrugged. Usually here. I processed this while she went to fetch my cookie. I thought I should maybe get something else rice or something, but the bowl had such good rice it seemed a waste of stomach space. una Shu had disappeared. Hal Shu had disappeared and now it seemed one cock had disappeared as well. What was going on? The waiter lady reappeared with my cookie. They served the cookie on a napkin and a plate. I guess they wouldn't just put it on the table, but still, a napkin and a plate for a cookie? Odd. No matter how good it was. Maybe he'll be here tomorrow, I said, hopefully. She shrugged, looked out the window. She could have been the wife of Mao, searching the faraway green hills of Jinjiao. Usually here, she said. 10,000 Crappy Songs is brought to you by Acme Pencil Sharpeners We get your point This episode, written and voiced by Dan Byrne. Produced by Dan Byrne and Will Massasak. Songs by Dan Byrne. The show's theme music and score, written by Will Massasak and Dan Byrne. If you like the show, there's no mystery as to what to do. Just visit us at danbyrne.com. Look for the donate button and donate. Thanks. Tune in next time for another edition of 10,000 Crappy Songs.